0: Welcome to the Kingdoms Insider Podcast. I'm Craig McCarroll, the founder and the creator of Guns and Fitness. Get your mind right and the rest is gonna follow. I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Andrea McCarroll. Hey, hey. And what are you bringing to the table today? I got
1: lots of goods. I got lots
0: of goods. Awesome. I love goods. (laughs) What's the uh tell them a little bit about Kingdom's brand?
1: They're not going to do like your full blown intro like guns and fitness is give me your limits and I'll show you results or all that stuff. Oh, give
0: think. me your fears. Give me you your limiting beliefs. You know what we do. You know. <laughs> give me your fears. Give me your limiting beliefs and I will overcome them and show you how to overcome them and get everything that you want out of life.
1: Yep. Is that better?
0: Yeah, I'm going to join that. I'm working on that.
1: Um, We, uh, this week's topic just so happens to be on parenting and kids. So we have, um, we just returned from a four days of isolation in the wilderness with one of our sons. So it was, that's kind of what our, um, this week's episode is all going to be about is about that tough love. So we like to start every episode off with a tough, question um, that I usually like to surprise Craig with so he doesn't get in his head and become dead and paralyzed you when he doesn't head, have dead. the perfect answer. So um, this week's topic, again, is all on parenting and kids or relationships, and we have... Um, had a couple things come up or it really started making me question like what is everybody's opinion on tough love so Craig what if you had to sum up in an elevator with me and say so you have kids huh
0: uh yeah sure we're role-playing yes I have I have kids that's
1: awesome um we only have like five more floors and 30 seconds what's your idea of tough love
0: tough love is doing the right thing when you don't want to do the right thing (laughs) I don't know if that even makes sense. It's like sometimes it's, I just take it as like um you are trying to do you're everybody's trying to make the right decision. Everybody's trying to do the right thing, I think, for their kids at the best of their ability, but sometimes some of those decisions you have to make aren't the best and that don't make you feel the best, but you know it's the right decision for the outcome of that human being that you're in charge of, mm-hmm. And the results of that human being are up to you and sometimes they don't just they they don't feel very good for you sometimes especially for the decisions that we had to make for this particular situation
1: yeah definitely um my illusion of tough love is kind of similar i would definitely say um doing what's right for the outcome of the kid, even though it's going to cause a lot of pain and a lot of fight and a lot of kickback, because it always seems like the things that I hated the most about my mom, like making me do chores every day and making sure that I keep my room clean. And that's just a tiny sliver of the example, but, um, just like the little things that I hated Those had the biggest outcome because when I moved out on my own, I was able to care about having my room clean because I knew what it's like to have a room that I was living in filth. And I know what it's like to have a room that's completely clean and get that natural reward of feeling proud. So... Um, I think it's definitely, when I look at some of these parents' choices when I'm in my judgy pants, I always think, like, why don't you spank them? Why don't you discipline them? And it's, they get that. I think some parents get so wrapped up in, my kid's going to hate me, my kid's going to hate me. It's like, dude, your kid's going to hate you no matter what. So setting that expectation, and I think that we're constantly teaching people on how to treat us, And we got into a deep conversation with a therapist about this last night. And it was so interesting just to hear everybody's different opinion on kind of what that tough love looks like. And it's not what makes that kid happy. I never think the right thing is going to make that kid happy. Um,
0: Well, because if you was up to the kid, everything that would make them happy, they'd be eating sugar and they'd be eating all the wrong things they'd be doing all the wrong things
1: sleeping over whenever they wanted i mean never coming home never going to bed never doing any of that
0: well and then like the therapists break it down to where the the layers of the brain aren't even fully developed in children up until 16 18 Their, their brains are still developing and i could be off on that math too but um especially at the younger years you're they have no idea what the the repercussions of their actions are going to be unless you teach them.
1: Right. Yeah. So I think that's so interesting when you look at parents and they are so afraid of doing the thing that their kid's going to hate or doing that thing that is initially going to get that reaction of, I hate you and this is so stupid and you're no fun. I've been told that I'm no fun for a really long time. Um, so those are the kind of the two insights, um, that we brought to you guys, and we're going to kind of just jump on on where we've been. We've shared a little bit about our story with our custody battle in one of our episodes. That's not your kid, and how Craig and I parent each other's kids, and we have our his kids full time and my son full time. And so we've kind of talked a little bit about that when it comes to this week's topic and um, our unique situation. And everything that kind of came along with it, and the trauma that Craig's kids unfortunately had to go through to get them to this point. So, um, I think we did share on an episode our decision. I think it or? would probably
0: be all right to be able to like, give them a quick update on like what yeah. what kind of led to this decision, and then we can fill in on the on the rest of it. Oh, okay, so real quick, the uh, a real quick background on my ch- my kids. Um, so they – two years ago, my, found out that my kids were basically being abused by their, by their mother. Um, through the court system and everything, we were able to um, get them – I looked at it like we rescued them from that situation and then we have been kind of just making sure they're protected from that situation and then she continues to make poor choices. In fact, just the, the other day – got to uh, see that the more poor choices from there but um so our goal with that is now we are responsible for the outcome of these of these two human beings i mean we have three of them but in particular talking about levi and lexi so we're um just making sure that we're doing all the right things for them um as we were kind of you know uh going into middle school and they having all those adjustments and everything and then the traumatic stuff that happened with their mom is is definitely going to have some side effects and they started to kind of show themselves about a year ago uh then they um just more and more stuff started coming up and then we started getting more and more concerned i had i was like my military brain was like okay these he my son just needs left and right lateral limits. They need to have military schools. So I started looking in military schools and Andrea kind of bringing in a little more, uh, love and logic to the, uh, to the, to the team. And she just reminded me that maybe that's a little too extreme and not probably the healthiest way. And i Tend to agree with. Well, I think he had
1: been he had been convinced his whole entire life that you are this insane, insanely strict, militaristic father that you want your house to be the military, and you want to raise your kids like they're in the military. So I would knew when I put myself in their shoes that he had already been told that all of his life. So anytime you did anything that consisted of structure, you saw how much more high and right and how much he was reactive towards it because of what he's been told all of his life.
0: Yeah. yeah. So she, she brought in, she did a bunch of research. Andre did a bunch of research on um, different ideas that we could do to help him with his truth traumatic experience that happened with his mom, and then also address some of the issues that have been happening around the house, like stealing and lying and, um, you know, different things like that, kind of somewhat normal, but um, out of not to the extent of the uh, traumatic experience that he had. So she found what um, is named Blue Fire Wilderness Therapy. And uh, so, Blue Fire Wilderness Therapy is—they basically they you send your, you take your kid out there, or they can do whatever extreme measures they need to 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 get your kid out there, depending on how troubled your teen is. Um, but anyways, you get them out there, and then it's a program that's designed around therapy in the wilderness. So the benefit of being in the wilderness is just that they have their. They're,
1: isolation.
0: They're ice. Well, they're isolated, but they're totally busy all the time. They have, they have activities that they're working with their hands. They have isolation from technology. So now you're getting conversations that they don't have. They have, they have time to basically get into their own thoughts. They have time to um, reflect on those thoughts. They have time to talk about those thoughts. Everything is designed around that, and then they have a really cool therapeutic environment where everybody is a licensed therapist, everybody that takes them on adventures, and then they have a um, ma- couple main therapists that are uh, their head therapist and then this the assistant therapist. But the program lasts from six to 12 weeks, anywhere from there, and um, the, the your kid kind of dictates the length that they're staying there. So anyways, through long story short we went we got him out there it was one of the hardest freaking things I've ever had to do in mm-hmm. my life um, I still get emotional even think about it right now and taking him out there and then having to um, I, I knew that it was the right decision I knew I felt it in my heart I felt that it was definitely the right thing for him because I don't want my number one thing was I didn't want him to grow up um, holding on to baggage that I don't want him to hold on to any sort of stories that he's told himself or this trauma or the traumatic stuff that's happened, the lies, the stealing, the whatever it is. I didn't want him to hold on to anything. I wanted him to lift all that weight off of you, off of him, because I can only imagine. Like, I know how I went through life with a little bit of baggage on me, and I still tend to feel like I have a little bit of weight on my shoulders, and I didn't want that for him. So I knew... Down deep, that that was the right decision. Did you feel like it was the right decision?
1: I felt so good about committing and filling out the paperwork and taking him there. And when we went and saw it and started, you know, doing our um, little investigations on it and started really talking to the therapist every single week on what's going on currently, how is discipline going? You know, how is he reacting to this? It was so. It just felt so right. I think where the emotional heartbreak comes in is you don't get to see your kid for six weeks. And that's a really emotional part. And, um, but it was so weird throughout that whole entire prop process. I had so much faith in it and it felt so right that I, I never once be like, Oh, he's going to hate us more. We just, we just totally ruined this kid and we just took away all of his innocence and we just took all of this away. And I never once had those thoughts. And so um, just maybe it's because of all the research and the parents that I've talked to that had graduated the program and the more research that you just do on wilderness therapy period and then talking to some of the psychiatrists that the kids have been going to for the past two years ever since this happened with their mom and the number one thing that they all say is all kids come with some type of trauma where it's depression or anxiety, suicide, um, they were abused, they were the abuser, um, they're runaways, it's all different things people from all over the world there's only four wilderness therapies in the entire United States and we have one here in Idaho and I didn't I thought that that was so incredible and the parents that I talked to they're like no it's very rare that we have families that get accepted that are actually from Idaho everybody's usually from all over the world And we found that to definitely be true. So I think going and making the decision, it was like, like you were like, so like, we're doing it, we're doing it. We have to do this. Like if, you know, just go, go, go. But then when the action came to be, it was super heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. And I I got to get a taste of what it was like for, cause I was always the one leaving. Yeah. I was always the one going on deployments and I'm like, never really. Put myself in the other person's shoes of like you guys are at home and everything's nice. You get to stay home. I'm going out here to sacrifice, and then to send my son off was a whole nother, a uh, whole nother feeling. I get to be in the other person's shoes for once and get to feel like what he probably felt um, when I was leaving, and it was pretty heartbreaking.
1: I never for me. really, I never really thought about that you had a taste of kind of like what it was like to be in my shoes that guilt every yeah. single time I'd go out to dinner or every single time I'd be hanging out with mm-hmm. my friends or if I was doing yeah. anything that was fun one yeah. you would get extremely mad at me but because it was like and I and I remember always telling you when you're overseas like this isn't fun for me you know I don't enjoy this this really sucks for me but you're like whatever you're home you're doing this you know you get to eat what you want you have to do this you have complete control you can come and go and it was it was so stressful. It's I don't know what what's on the, what end is worse to be on. I think.
0: I don't know. I kind of think this end sucks. It totally sucks. <laughs> Like when on my deployments, it would be like I have stuff I can concentrate on, and yeah, then back of my mind, I'm like, man, it really sucks being yeah, away from you're... family. But that was it. Like I knew I had to be there for like a mission you know you had your mission that you were working on but i i think it was good for me to get a taste for that it definitely makes you feel like i don't want to do anything for two weeks i was in a- it took me about two weeks of him first being gone that it was like i didn't want to do anything fun i felt guilty if i was doing anything i didn't want to it almost if it affected our relationship it affected um my relationship with my other kids like I didn't want, I felt guilty if I was playing with my other kids because I should be playing with my son. Um, you know, all, all that. It's just an emotional wreck. And you can probably tell that it still <laughs> bothers me a little bit. I mean, he's been gone. He's been gone seven weeks and we just got to see him for four days. And then um, he's got another couple weeks left. But
1: Yeah. Uh, so if you guys out there know anybody that. Um, is struggling, has those teens that, you know, and it's, I think it's hard because in our day and age, we are so submersed with technology. We are everything, you know, around us is driven by technology. We let the time run us. We're ran by schedules. We're ran by people's expectations. We're ran by having to answer our phone. And that means it's that what's what people think you're dependable. If you don't answer your phone, you're not reliable. Like there's so many stuff that goes on with it. And when we showed up to, um, wilderness therapy and, you know, in order to get to this point, Levi had to do a lot of work. He had to do reflection letters. He had to do, you know, they have these kids, doing adventures once a week where they're going to the high mountain lakes, canoeing. They do horse therapy every week. I mean, there's so much that goes on to this program that they have so dialed down. Um this one's only a four year old program that has been developed from programs from all over the world. And their instructors are from all over. So that makes it really cool to have all these different trainings and backgrounds and certificates. But um it was I forgot what I was saying. The
0: the, the. So we go on. Let's just oh, talk about on, some yeah. of those adventures. So they, some of the. So the program as a whole, you got to kind of explain that. It's like the, this isn't just go out in the in the wilderness and camp. Like they have uh, expedition where they're hiking to another area and they're doing they're doing their um, therapy work. They're they're getting opportunities to read and write and they journal and everything else. They have all these other exercises, but then they're. In, um, in implementing like rock climbing uh yeah. the horse therapy is one of the the coolest things i've ever seen and i think uh, the horse therapy could be used in so many other ways i've never experienced anything like it in my life um and then they do canoeing backpacking they get to go up to the high mountains the sawtooths they actually do 30 percent of the overall volunteer work for the Sawtooth Mountain Range on the trails and stuff like that and go up to those high mountain lakes. Um,
1: but yeah, they had – they, but through all their workbooks, like he had to do oh, – yeah. he had to do just enough work and be in a really good headspace and be really open for feedback and you know, do all this work in order to qualify for what they call Family Spark. So he had been working his little butt off to get to this moment. So um, that came just – this past week, and um, Craig and I wanted to jump on here and share our experience with you guys while it's still fresh in our heads, and before, we totally plugged back in and let the world start running us again, Um, but yeah, we... um, talked to levi last week he was super excited we do facetime with him and been writing letters to him back and forth leading up to this point but we get there and they do love and logic and debrief us on you know what the situation is how to act the rules of letting your kids have stuff the way that the kids are going to act and we're with um three other parents and um they're like, hey, who has their phone? And I'm like, I do. And they're like, who plans on taking it? I'm like, I do. And they're like, no, you're leaving your phone here. Everything stays here and you don't even get to take your luggage. Your luggage goes in here and we're all equals out there. And the boys all wear the same thing. They all have the same packs. They're all given the same amount of gear every single week. They come back in and exchange all of their gear and um, and they're like, and you guys will be given the same. And we're like, oh, okay. And um, and at first I was like having it, the craziest anxiety attacks. Like I thought it was going to be the end of my world. I was like, this is so crazy. I'm going to miss this. And this is happening. What about our other two kids? What about my dog? What about this? Blah, blah. And my head was going ape shit. Like it was so crazy. And then yeah she
0: was literally having an anxiety attack about 10 minutes from the Spot yeah. Or from blue fire.
1: And it's just, and it's like the unknown and it's super emotional. And I know I'm going to be submerged in hard, hard things and tough conversations and for four days. And it's four days of therapy with nothing, no, nothing, but just us and our kid and a bunch of therapists, you know, and tons of activities. And they didn't even go over all the activities that we were going to be doing out there. They just told us day by day, cause that's kind of how they run those kids out there. Um, yeah, we
0: like. I think it's supposed. To, it's supposed to basically match, pretty similar to what the boys are experiencing yeah. out there.
1: Yeah. So we get out there, we set up camp, and then here comes this little tiny boy coming around the mountain in his enormous pack. And I was like, there's no way that's Levi. And he starts putting up his little arm, like waving, and like, Dad, Dad, like just like waving for him. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Levi. And he's like, starts skipping and running. And just that moment when you saw him just grab onto his dad was so powerful. Like I'd never seen a kid hug a parent like that before. It was, it was so incredible. And then, you know, he's just bawling and we're bawling. And it was just so cool to like see him. And it was just like, he hadn't seen us in years. It was, and he was, he looked so, he was covered in filth. He was covered in dirt. And they warned us about that too. So we're like, Oh my God, you are just like looking at this kid and you're like, you're so dirty. Um, but it was really, really cool. And, he, you know, we just like, and it was just like five hours. It seemed like of him just going on and on and on and talking about everything and wanting to show us everything and wanting to do this. And it was, it was really, really, really cool. I just wanted to say that part because I knew you
0: were going to be really
1: emotional if you said that part. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Just thinking about it, it was really, um, yeah. So we got out there and then they, we went through this love and logic class and then loaded up in this van and then we, uh, got, sent out to our little campsite where we had a a leader a therapist have whatever he took care of everything um literally took care of everything we didn't have to even you you go into no decision zone it was actually a a pretty cool way to do a a unique way to do a vacation in a way because you literally are completely unplugged and you're so in tune to what's around you and what's going on and yeah when the the first time I laid my eyes on on Levi, it definitely was very emotional and it felt really, really awesome to finally finally hug him. But then just to hear the just to hear it we in talk. his voice and the way he was talking and everything else and the and then once you got through that that initial hug and just be able to get through those emotions and be like, okay. And then he was right into let me show you everything. Like mm-hmm the amount of knowledge this kid has, it's a, he, he turns 13 tomorrow, you know, September 1st is his birthday. And, um, this 13 year old is speaking to you. Like, I mean, he's giving you advice on how to giving us advice on how we should, um, should better communicate with each other to avoid fights or, um, to avoid them or to bet, to be a, a better communicator. And then being able to tell us all kinds of things about, with uh, the other kids and this is how he is now and just showing us like so much stuff. And he was so excited to show us everything and just the way he can articulate his feelings and the way he can um, describe everything about himself and Uh,
1: Like the mindfulness and the emotions and the states and how to get in and out of them and what to do when you're in them to get out of them. And it's like – and then the way he just diagnosed Craig and I and like, oh, I I could fix your marital problems. (laughs) Oh, I can fix Gavin. Oh, I know exactly what Lexi's issues are. And if you guys could just start training her to do this, this, this. And I was like, holy cow, bud. That's so cool. yeah. And he says i could pretty much fix anybody's
0: problems <laughs> i can fix any problem <laughs> and then he uh but the big thing was is like he is just i think the biggest thing that i noticed from him was that he was uh i didn't realize how much stress wh- he was carrying Caring, yeah like he had to do an accountability letter take accountability for all the 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 stealing the lying and the some other things that he did but um and you could just tell he had all this weight lifted off of him mm-hmm. and he was he was standing a little taller a little prouder he was definitely confident in himself and very self assured of, of who he is and but the coolest part i think is that he it looked like he actually was just a kid again so he i didn't realize how much he was carrying and how it was stressing. Yeah. And it was
1: almost like he was trying to be all these different other things, you know? And like one of the coolest things about, some of his letters was how he talks about, I've had to be a rescuer all of my life. And I'm so done. I letting all of that go. I'm so done with having to rescue my mom because she insists on playing the victim. And I've had to protect Lexi. And I've had to be, you know, that man for my mom. And I've had to, you know, agree with everything she has, or I'm punished and all these things, like just his insight on the way that he dissected his life. And he gave all of that crap back to those people and all of his letters. And so he was, he, his eyes were bluer. He was, he looked like he was standing taller. He walked completely different, almost like he was like floating and skipping all at the same time. And well, just
0: carrying that, that ruck or that backpack, whatever you want yeah. to call it. It was bit as big as him. And he was throwing it around like it was nothing. I was yeah. like, wow.
1: So yeah. we, yeah. And then we, they said, you know, you guys can, hang out. So we visited with him and as he just dissected us and told us everything about what he's doing and what he could do and how excited he is for home life now. And and he
0: like just dumped his pack out and showed us everything. everything. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Like I've been carrying around all this stuff. And we're like, you have a whole library in your back. Oh my gosh, you have like five logs in there. How many sticks do you have? You have a bag of string. Like, so they do this thing called ground score. And when you're out there trucking for miles and miles and miles, when you find stuff, the first person to see us is ground score. And these kids keep everything. And He just to see his filthy, disgusting hands just covered in dirt, be like, look at this, Andrea. Look at this bullet. Look at this bullet. Dad, look at this. What kind of shotgun shell is this? And this one kid has this one kind of shotgun shell. Tell me about that gun. And he had just had all of these thousands of things that he just could not wait to ask his dad, which was so cool. And so we just did that in our um, white wall tent for a really long time, it seemed like. And then we... um, had all we had dinner together and they were so stoked about the food and how awesome the food was at family sparks all the boys were like having five um (laughs) helpings and to Levi was sick and then we did this really cool exercise we went um right into another counselor came out and we did um family the drama triangle oh yeah They made us all pick which one we play. Majority of the time, do we play the victim? Do we play the rescuer? Or do we play the prosecutor?
0: The persecutor.
1: Persecutor. I always say that
0: she wants to be the prosecuting attorney. The persecutor.
1: <laughs> so we're all like, all of us parents are like, whatever. I'm, I'm definitely not the victim. I'm definitely not this. And then so the counselor starts going around asking questions. Oh, nope, you need to be here. Oh, nope, you need to do there. And then they ask all the boys, you know, do you guys think that your parents are in the right place? And then they put us in check and put us in the right places. And. Um, just kind of dissected us all on you know the situations and to see the boys' insights looking into their families with their parents was so incredible. just how insightful they were and how to stop that drama triangle of when Craig wants to play the victim, I feel like I need to go and rescue him and all of these things and it's just like this round and round and round around of, of drama. And so that was like our first night. And then we go into group and the group was so cool. I'll let you tell them about the group that we – I'll
0: screw up the group. But the group is basically like in um, – you basically sit around the circle and you get to uh, talk about your your high, your low, your uh, – uh, first you first you check in and be, you say how you're feel, your feeling statement. So I feel like right now I feel – freaking happy that i was able to experience such a cool environment and such a cool experience that i don't you can't match that experience and then the next thing is what was your high of the day uh what was your low of the day you don't always have to have a low of the day i typically didn't have a low of the day um and then you and then we have a uh uh a, talk about a topic, so they'll pick a topic, and that was usually came from um, after the, the boys had kind of talked to the counselors or the therapists about what that topic would be, and then we got to talk about, they would throw in some spice in there and be like, hey, what, what was your favorite dog, what, what, favorite if you car. could go anywhere in the world, where would you go, different things like that. And then you have... uh, Open mic. Open mic. Open mic is you can talk about anything you want. If you have a problem,
1: you're looking for feedback,
0: whatever it is. If you have a problem with somebody that day, then that's when it gets brought up. You can bring up uh, an issue that you may have with somebody. And I guess ours were pretty short, but um, I guess some of the boys, they, they have some pretty... Long, longer uh, open mics and then um what was yeah. after that that was a open mic and then yeah and so
1: then they do bag checks so the boys have to empty out all of their packs and the counselor goes through and make sure that they haven't gathered any contraband throughout the day and then they take all of their items and then you go to bed so they're allowed to read they're allowed to do work they're allowed to do whatever they want to go to bed but every night they end their nights this way And so Craig and I were like, can you imagine how impactful our house would be if we did this every night, wrapping up every day? Like, you don't go to bed pissed off at people. You don't go to bed angry at anybody. You... And you you end it. You wrap it up. You tell them what you're grateful for. You have a topic. You end it with something fun. Um, you mention your high and low of the day and you end every day like that. How cool would that be to go to sleep feeling so free and enlightened and ready to conquer on the next day completely baggage free? And so Craig and I were really, really excited for that. And then the next morning we woke up and they begin every morning with a hand wash session before every meal they do too. But um, you get up and the first thing that they do in the morning is, you know, they yell and gather everybody up and the boys did one boy is in charge and dishes out all the soap dishes up all the water. They wash their hands and go around the circle and talk about their hopefuls for the day. So you say what I'm hopeful in my control and what I'm hopeful out of my control. So they'll say like, I'm so hopeful today that I open up to my parents and I share them with something that I never thought I could before. And I'm hopeful out of my control that the sun comes out in the wind will stop or something like that and they go around and do this whole thing every morning hopefuls for their day in and out of their control and and then they set a smart goal it has to be measurable attainable um
0: i mean my basic breakdown is just like it's a simple thing that you can accomplish but feel accomplished throughout your day yeah so like our goal was uh, or like my goal was to learn something two two new things and to I put little exercise goals in there of just like hundred push ups, hundred sit ups.
1: Yeah. And then we'd have our big activity that we would all go do one day was this horse equine, right? Equine. Equine therapy. Yeah. And one thing that I learned from the that therapy was how Craig and I parent so they just kinda let the boys sit back and we did Wim Hof breathing. The guy trained us on that and then Um, it was so cool to see Levi just kind of sit back and let Craig and I, he instruct Craig and I to like grab the reins and get the horse to walk backwards towards the road. And it was so funny how you see the way that you parent, because you're like, just let me do it. And Craig's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just do it. And how we've kind of, Andre has a lot
0: of experience with horses, put that disclaimer out there. And
1: And so it was like, and I was like, this is so crazy. How do I get us to work equally? to get this horse to do what we want to do. And the guy would go around and be like, Hey, make sure that you're not just forcing the horse to do this. So he will be compliant. Let's figure out a way to get the horse to want to do it. And I was just like, ding, like light bulbs had gone off. And then they're like, Hey, now if this horse was your child, how much more amazing would it be if we could train them to do things because they wanted to, not just so they're complying with our rules. And it was like the first time I thought about parenting like that ever. And I was like, huh, and they're like, that's what that's what our parenting tactic is, and um, by giving them space, the moment that you pulled on the reins, what did the horse do? He freaking threw a fit and was like, "Get off me! I don't want to do this." Shaking, I'm stronger than you. I can throw you off or step on you. And then when you would, then when he would, you try to connect with the horse, and then when you would let go of the reins, and it, that would be his reward, giving him space, and then the horse would just follow you. So it was just like – it was the coolest experience in the way that they related it to parenting these tough, stubborn kids, which I thought was really cool.
0: Yeah, and one thing that was really cool about the horse thing is like all all four boys, they had four horses. They all went into the corral, picked out their horse, Mm -hmm. not knowing – none of them had worked with those horses, which was kind of cool. They all picked out their own horse. They came back to – and then we started working with them. Come to find out they picked their horse that matched their personality almost Perfectly. identical. Yeah. And so each family got to experience how to parent <laughs> their kid through a horse. And uh, I don't know, the the guy that runs it actually runs a um, US, it's called USA Reboot, and it's all for a veteran program that is helping vets kind of get reconnected in a through horse horse training or and help e- with incline. anxiety yeah, yeah. And anxiety and, the, and I, don't, I don't even like saying the word ptsd but all those issues that come along with that and um i just uh, the guy the johnny was one of the coolest dudes i've so ever incredible. met and yeah. he's yeah i i'm, I'm definitely going to be going back to do more of that training but that was just really cool to be able to see levi just take the reins and kind of help us and teach us and we're learning from a from a 12 year old it's really really cool um and then from there we went on to went back for for chow time ate some lunch all the meals are prepared for you so you literally are in no decision zone and uh get get food get a little break i think what else did we do that day we went to um
1: we had a group we went on a big hike we
0: um I don't. I think the schedule kind of changes and varies a little bit with each with each spark. But this is this is the general consensus. And then
1: we ended it with group doing the same. We checked in. Did you achieve your smart goal? Stuff like that. And then you know, same thing. But I mean, the coolest thing about it at night was like, at first I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just, Oh my gosh, what about my nightly routine? Oh my gosh, I don't have my phone. I can't check in with the kids and see how they did today at school. And I can't do this. And I just have to lay here in my tent on my cot. Like I can't, this is so crazy. And I had more anxiety, but once, and then like Levi would say little things throughout the day, like like when Craig would stop trying to cry or don't try to be emotional and stuff like that. Like you're just like, and he's like, dad, this is therapy. This is a safe place. If you want to cry, who cares? Cry. And we're like, it was, it was so crazy to hear this little kid. Like I don't hold back anymore. If you hold back, you're, all you're doing is, um, delaying the inevitable and there's, there's not enough time out here. And he kept on saying little things like that to me. And I was like, hey, well, I've, I'm very emotional and we had to try to not cry, you know
0: and I'm always about, okay did I get it right, did I do yep. this right and I get, I get in my head and I try to think that's why Andrea doesn't give me the question until the time for the podcast but <laughs> um, he, he also was like dad, it's therapy There's no right or wrong. There's no wrong answer. It's just how I feel. Just do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And then we had a a family sculpting exercise that we did that was really, really incredible where, you know, Levi puts himself into a position and then I choose the position on how I feel. And then Craig puts his position in our relationship. And then we come up with a saying um, about how we felt about our past relationship, you know, and Levi's was something like, I feel angry and confused or something. I feel
0: helpless and pissed off.
1: Yeah, I feel helpless and pissed off. And then, like, mine was like, um, it's okay to, like, love me back. Let me help you. And then Craig was, let me just be there for you. And they made us say it probably, which felt like 27 times. It was probably only, like, 10. Over and over and over. And the more times you go around and go around each other while you're in your holding your position um, like Clay – it got more emotional and more emotional. And then of course, all the five counselors that are sitting there dissecting, you're like, what's going on with you? What's going on? Explain this to me. Why did you do this and stuff? And you're just like a mess and just breaking down. And it felt so good and so intense all at the same time. And then we had to switch and put ourselves in each other's position, saying what they're, what they're vocalizing and um, standing on how they're feeling their person is. And it was so cool, the feedback that you got from Levi and the feedback that I got from Craig on how I feel and how Levi feels. And um, that exercise was really, really cool. And it was really intense. I was really surprised on the outcome of it. And then we had to sculpt each other in a future position on how he wants his relationship to be with us, which was really, really cool. And, um yeah, and then we just
0: do the whole point of the sculpting is just basically be able to see from the other point of view. If put your you can say and talk about put yourself in somebody else's the other person's shoes, but until you actually physically. go into the and physically act and be in that person's shoes and say what they say, you won't be able to experience it. And like it's it's so crazy and so impactful because it was um Like when I went to Andrea's position and said what she said and felt what she felt and it took – I was like, why are we saying this so many times? And then it was like round five or something. We finally were like – I was like, oh, click. There it is. I was able to feel what she – was going through or how she felt in that moment. And, um, I mean, she's told me this information Mm -hmm. so many times, but I'm like, I told the group, I was, I'm a visual learner. I got to, I'm a tactile learner. I want to do it with my hands. I want to see and feel and hear. Um, and I was finally able to see how she was feeling when she's coming into this as a step parent. And how does that really feel? You know, I'm a step parent too, but she's, she's a, a whole nother level of step parent where she has literally got to be as much of a biological mother as any other step parent could possibly be and to be feeling like I you know why 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 can't you love why or why won't you love me back and and feel it from that point of view and then be able to see it like oh my gosh like she's She's feeling like she's so alone in this situation because I'm smothering Levi. Levi's talking to me. He's got his back turned to her. And she's just like, come on, let me help you guys. And it, it was really, really one of the most impactful things and piece of – I've been through lots of therapy and mm-hmm. you can sit there and talk and it's – that's all it is. It's a bunch of talk and a bunch of bullshit in in my eyes. But until you get out there and you're like working with these with these therapists that are – they're in there with you like they're they're eating the same food as you they're hiking the same you know trails as you they're doing it all with you groups yeah and they're they're there right there with you it's totally different and it's it's super super uh impactful for for me um and yeah the sculpting we we got to see the future and and this was all levi's design and it's just funny how his design just matched up perfectly with what is perfect for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was it was completely original to anybody else in their their exercise too. Yeah. And and it was very simple. Like I like the way things are now. You know that. Yeah. I like the way they are too. And that's. It was just a really, really cool exercise.
1: Yeah, it was really cool. And just to like – yeah, like I said, like physically put myself into yours and Levi's shoes and then feel what he's feeling with you there and with me there was – it was really cool. It was an exercise that I never would ever thought of to do. Um, And then we did like a family art project where we come up with our family shield with every member of our family and what that looks like going for the future. And that was really cool. And the therapist wants to know what it was like, what's different about doing a project like this now versus before. And we did a whole session on that. And then we had one-on-one hour sessions with his counselor that's been working with him um, throughout this entire process, this full therapy journey with him. And, you know, she checked in with us and called him out on some things. We gave him a list of stuff that he has to work on, why he wraps up his program and orders to graduate. So there's no graduation date until they kind of, like, earn it um, and kind of keeps the boys working towards it. So um, that's pretty much it and you know there's tons of thousands of lessons that we could sit here and talk
0: about. Yeah, we'd we probably learned. go on for two days talking about this. But. Seriously,
1: and it was so cool just to like one biggest thing that I learned with I was asking the guy um, about the horse therapy and stuff. I was like, well, how do I do this? Well, what do I do if the horse only wants to do those things if I give him a reward like some oats or something? And he was like, no, there's no better reward than a natural reward. Like or a natural consequence. Like, you realize that if you help me and he was like, Give me a scenario and I was like, Hey, like I cook dinner for everybody and then everybody go eats and then leaves and I have to do all that stuff too instead of the kids. I want them to get up and clear the table and do the dishes every night. But only time I can do that is if I give them reward, like they get more screen time or they could play their video games or whatever it is. And he was like, No, the natural consequences they did this for you so you can spend time with them and you guys would probably have an extra 30 minutes of quality time spending together. Or if your kid ended up doing his chores and busting it out in 30 minutes, don't give them a reward. It's a natural reward of them having more time to go do something like so it's just like little things like that and then teaching our kids about natural consequences of decisions, not actual physical consequences. So there's like lots of little things that I took away from it that is so impactful that me and Craig will be into implementing in our family on a daily basis, not just to make sure that Levi has the as much blue fire therapy. Structure to come home to, but because we want that for every one of our kids, and Levi wants that for all of the kids. And you know, when we were getting ready to leave last night, he was saying, You know, tell them this and tell them this, and you know, one thing that you can do is help them with this. And you know, and um, I thought that was really cool for them to come home today and hear that insight that he's had and how excited they are for him. And they, well, at first, I thought they were going to be kind of resistant, you know, like. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. But they're like, yeah, I want what Levi has. I want all of us to be on that same page. So I thought that was really, really cool. But um, what was the big takeaway for you? Uh,
0: all the same. <laughs> one of the biggest cool, the coolest parts of the uh, experience. I mean, there was so many highs and so so many cool things that happened. But the one of the coolest parts was just to be able to see him teach teach us stuff and um yeah he he taught me how to bust a coal with a bow and drill so he was able to um teach me how to bow and drill and uh get the uh and actually make fire so that was really cool and then he made me a bow and drill set and made sure that i brought home the uh zumba stick that he made uh zoogle oh zoogle stick it's another another game and um, I, I don't know. There's so much that I want to implement with our family just to be able to. I think if every person could learn to communicate like these kids are learning out there, this world would be a, a better place. And one thing I want to make sure everybody knows is that if there, if you are in that situation and you have that kid that you think that you're, you know, you're throwing your hands up and you're just. you feel like you're done you don't know the answers this is definitely a really really good option and if you need any help with the uh um the financials and stuff like that sky's the limit is a really good place to uh, reach out for grants on it too
1: yeah and um there's there's like a lot of different resources and stuff like that. But I mean, the biggest thing that I see is like Levi was such a prisoner with his own thoughts. He was such a prisoner of what he'd been brainwashed all of his life. He was a prisoner to those beliefs in that story. And, you know, Craig and I talk a lot about like, change your story, change your life, or that story no longer serves us. But to see a kid, Living the way he was living and admitting the things that he did in therapy. Like, it it doesn't matter how long I'm on the phone with my mom. I will agree with everything she says because I'm terrified. And he hasn't seen her in two years. And just to see... it's not even
0: so much terrified. It's terrified, but he's also been the rescuer of her forever. yeah. Yeah. So agreeing with her helped that helped her feel better.
1: Yeah. And, um, and that's like the biggest thing is like at first you're like, Oh, you're sending your kid away and you're punishing him and you just need to love him. Like people have said, and it's like, we set him free we let him we set him free he found who he was down to his soul and now he's coming back to us a kid that we never thought that we would ever be able to have and i think that is such an amazing opportunity and we want to end this episode feeling so grateful for
0: everyone and i'll take over from there um it's definitely an emotional uh roller coaster but it's a really really good like we when we were out there um, and through this family spark, one of the most important things that we took from it is that you question yourself on the decisions that you've made and those tough decisions, that tough love that you feel like you got it. You definitely need to show. Um, and But then you're, you're questioning it. And then when you get to go out there and you get to see the growth that your kid has experienced in the situation they're in, you don't even want to leave. Yeah. Then you're, you're – so, I'm so confident in the decision I made – Uh, you know seven weeks ago or actually more than that when we made the decision to send him there it was so that i think i feel very very confident in the um the outcome of this and i feel very confident that levi is going to be a a more fulfilled human being and be able to reach his full, full potential from this once in a lifetime experience i mean this kind of experience is really for I think there's probably maybe a small 1% maybe out of the, the world that get to experience um, you know, this type of experience.
1: So instead of ending this episode with just a tip, I want to leave you guys with a challenge. So I want to challenge you guys to turn your phones off for a day. Don't turn on that TV. Don't have any distractions in your room. Don't have any distractions. So another thing is we learned our there's there's good distractions and then there's avoidance and Craig and I had some of the coolest chill conversations with one of our kids that we I thought I never thought we would ever have and I had that for three nights in a row and so and when I turned my phone on Today, I had so much anxiety. Like, I thought I had missed the world. Like, the world missed me. Work stopped. I wasn't able to fulfill orders. I wasn't able to do this. You know, like, my business is going to fail. I'm not going to be on social media. People are going to forget about me. There literally nothing happened. For four days, literally nothing happened and no one missed, people didn't miss me, but my kids. And so I just want to challenge you guys to experience what it feels like to take control over your distractions and take control over your time and go on walks with your kids and just a day of no phones, no electronics, no nothing. And I promise you guys, it will open your eyes up to how much time you actually have and challenge you to turn it into quality time with your kids
0: and if and if you don't have kids turn that into quality time with your significant other because even the time that we got to spend together with out the technology you look at things in a complete different way and like i think you said it this morning was we're looking at a sunset or a sunrise this morning and when you don't have your your camera out to take a picture of it, Staring you it you stare at it longer, you appreciate it better more, and you're able to like you want to soak it in as much as you possibly can because you're not going to look at this again. Like, and I think that's it's it's one of those things that one of the guys said. It's like the most beautiful things in life are completely out of your control. So take recognition of what is out there and out of your control because all this stuff that we think we have control over really are just building up stress and making yourself making yourself run ragged and uh, I totally 100% agree with your challenge and I accept your challenge
1: so. you just did it for four days so
0: you don't
1: really <laughs> thank you guys for listening thanks for coming back please leave us your feedback questions or suggestions and again we're so so thankful and so full of gratitude as you can tell on both of our voices that's why we wanted to jump on here and make sure that we record um, the way that we are so full of emotions right now and hopefully that you guys will get a chance to want to or an opportunity to experience it as well because we love you so much